It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. On today's Locked on Jayhawks, top 10 wing or forward transfer options for KU in the portal right now. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Eric Johnson, you can hear me as well, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked On Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also find us, like, subscribe on YouTube. And on today's edition of Locked On Jayhawks, we're going to be going over my top 10 wing slash forward options for KU available in the transfer portal. Once again, reminder of how we did this with the point guards, combo guard types. Um, you know, if, if it's someone who has already picked a different school or has maybe narrowed their list down and, and KU hasn't been a part of it, at least that I've seen, maybe some of these guys have, um, or maybe if it's guys that haven't shown a ton of interest in Kansas, like maybe they'll still be on this list because this is my list, um, but that might make them further down for some reason. So uh, we'll get into that over the course of this. We have four different tiers, technically a fifth in this one. We'll get to that here. Let's start with tier four actually before we do that quick update on some uh visit stuff for ku uh, the harrison ingram visit was delayed don't view much into that they said it was just a class thing i don't know um if there's something else like uh, maybe there was you know something going on with oh, okay you just figuring out a schedules thing i i don't look much into it i think ku still very much interested in harrison ingram harrison ingram still very much interested in ku arterio morris might be visiting that one kind of is interesting for a lot of different reasons we'll get into a deep dive with him later in the week uh, hunter dickinson is supposed to be this week also and then primo spears is next week so there's your updates on some visits at least for now, for Kansas. Obviously, it's a very fluid situation, and a lot of those visits, as we just saw with Harrison Ingram, can get pushed to another date. We're still waiting on the Nicholas Timberlake decision, too, at least as of now when I'm recording. All right, Tier 4. This is our uh, top 10 wing forward transfer options. I tier them out. Tier 4 is Cario Oquindo. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but uh, he is a transfer from Georgia. He is a kind of power guard. He's kind of a, a two-guard type, but he'll be, play maybe the two or three positions. The reasons why he would fit KU, he's had real power conference production, 14 points per game in two seasons for his career at Georgia. He's excellent in transition. He's a power guard. He's physical. He's strong. He works well in handoffs. He works well uh, cutting off the ball. He's a good offensive rebounder for his size. But the reason that he's only tier four and not higher on this list, he's only 27% from three over the past two seasons at Georgia. He's not good at spot-up shooting, only in the 18th percentile on synergy, below average in isolation. He's more of a two-guard at 
six foot four. Um, you could play him at the three. I mean, that's kind of similar enough in, in size to when Wayne Zeldin was playing the three. If you have Dewan at the one and El Marco at the two or one of these combo guards that they're recruiting at the two. Uh, but, you know, ideally he is more of that two type, but he doesn't shoot it super well. And as we're going through a list of these, there will be other guys that maybe aren't the most elite shooters, but uh, they do certain things well. And I think with this wing position, with this forward position, what you've seen, is there's not that Hunter Dickinson, there's not that Max A. Smith or Tyler Perry or L.J. Cryer that comes in and you feel like a lot would have to go right for, I think, any of these wing options for that to be the case. Um, and so there's just not as much maybe star power in the transfer portal for that notion of it. Um, so there are some guys on this list, but ideally you want, a player here who at least is decent at shooting threes doesn't have to be Grady Dick, but can you at least be above 30% on decent enough volume? Uh, again, that's not everybody that's going to be on this list, including Oquindo, because the list isn't super deep at the wing position, I think, right now uh, in the transfer portal. But um, that is something that would be very nice for KU because we know they're losing a lot of wing minutes and they're losing a lot of shooting. Uh, let's move on to Tier three. Three features Jalen Hill from Oklahoma and Oliver Nkamwa from Tennessee. For Hill, he would fit because he's an experienced player in Big 12 play. This will be year five for him. His previous four all have come in the Big 12. Knows how to operate in the league. Experience is always a good thing in college basketball. He averaged over nine points per game his last two seasons at Oklahoma. He's a good rebounder, and he is a really, really good defender as a wing. Those things would fit KU, would help you fit some of what you lost with Kevin McCuller. But the problem is, you know, he's, he's just not a shooter. Right. I mean, if, if he was if he was even Kevin McCullers shooting, he'd probably be tier two on this thing. But the problem is, so he shot similar percentages to Kevin McCuller, 29 percent from three last year, 27 percent from three in his career. Like that's not that different than what Kevin McCuller brings to the table from three point shooting. But here's the difference. Kevin McCuller might be taking two, three, three pointers, four in a game. And Jalen Hill is only taking one try per game. So the volume's not there. When the volume's not there, that does matter. KU, like, think about it. KU averaged 23s per game last season. How are they getting up to that number this year? Jalen and Grady combined for, like, half of those on their own. Uh, you're not going to get that with Jalen Hill. And that's why he is only Tier 3. But he is a really, really good defender. If you happened to, you know, land a couple big-time shooting prospects around him, maybe you could make it work. But I, I don't know. The shooting does make it a big hurdle. Um, also, he's in Tier 3. Uh, I've heard that there's... Um, a very big NIL sum that he wants to go his way. I don't know if that's true or not. It might just be a rumor, but um, KU obviously needs as much NIL money to, I don't know, funnel toward Hunter Dickinson as possible. Uh, Oliver and Kamwa is on this list as well. I really thought about putting in Kamwa on tier two because he does have good size, six foot nine, 236 pounds. He's a good athlete. You can play him a little at the three. You'd mostly play him at the four. Really strong defender, emphasis on the word strong. He was uh, an above average player. In post-ups, cuts, and spot-up shooting, he was excellent in transition, all-per synergy. Those are all great reasons to have him. But why he's not in a lower tier or better tier, however you want to describe it, he had some good shooting games late. Like, the most notable one that everybody will bring up is the Duke game. He had 27 points against Duke, and he really went off from three. Overall on the season, though, he shot just 33% from three on low volume, 2.3 attempts per game. If it was 33% on four to five attempts per game, I think that'd be more doable. But again, that low volume worries you. And overall, you know, you worry about the offense. Now, is he that much different as a player profiling to say a Harrison Ingram, who we'll talk about later? Maybe not. 
not nearly a passer, a little less feel around the hoop. Um, but, you know, you're looking at both really strong guys who can play the four for you, maybe some three, can defend pretty well for you. Uh, but I, I just think there's a little less there with the offense and the potential of the offense. And I also think there's been some, you know, talk about uh, him possibly going pro. And because he is from Finland, it makes it a little more difficult in the recruiting process with how you're going to work the NIL money uh, w- with needing certain loopholes to get that together. So this is kind of just a feasible, like, uh, there's some hurdles there that you have to overcome, which is why he is tier three. And you do worry about some of the offense, but you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe he should have been tier two, uh, the more that I'm talking about, because he is a really good player. He is a really good player. All right. We're going to get to our uh, tier two and then eventually tier one in just a second. But first episode of Locked Talks is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Grand slams, no hitters, double plays. They're back. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. This was right now. New customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. They do a cool thing in Kansas here on Tuesdays, which it is today, where it's uh, their dinger Tuesdays. You can put $25 on somebody to hit a home run. You have to opt in and you know read through everything and whatnot. If they do hit a home run, you win your bet, great. Um, but then as part of it, they have bonus bets where like every home run that's hit over the course of that game for both teams, you get bonus bets back. So like the over-under in the, the Rockies-Pirates game in Coors Field is 12. Probably going to be some home runs hit there. You can get like CJ Crone at like around plus 280 to hit a home run or Chris Bryant around like plus 293 to one to hit a home run. If he does, you're winning a bunch of money. If not, there should be some other home runs that are hit in that game. So you can check that out with FanDuel. Don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. On to Tier 2. I actually just split this up into two Tier 2s. Should I have just gone Tier 5? Tier four, tier three, tier two, tier one, probably. But I thought that there were like the guys in tier two B. The reason I did this is because I thought the guys in tier two B are so close to the guys in tier two A that I did want to have kind of a a separation um, of it. So we're going to start with Dalton Connect. I don't know if the K is supposed to be silent and it's Nect or Connect, but I like to think it's Connect because think about the puns you could have as. You know, the, the you can just envision Brian Haney now, like he connects on a three, right? It just works out. Um, so anyway, so Dalton Connects is a six foot six swing man who he can maybe play some undersized four. I mean, he he did a lot at Northern Colorado, but that was also Northern Colorado. Um, is a bit of a tweener because you worry about the foot speed of playing the three, you worry about if he's too small playing the four. But he's six foot six. 
He does rebound well, again, albeit in a much smaller conference, over seven rebounds per game at Northern Colorado. Elite shooting and scoring. Those are things that jump off the page for what KU needs right now. 20 points per game at Northern Colorado last year. He shot 48% from the field, 38% from three on high volume. He ranked 95th percentile on synergy and spot-up shooting. That's great. 88th percentile off screens. And he was really good cutting without the ball, too. He ranked 95th percentile there. So you make up for a lot of what you lost with Grady Dick if you bring in Dalton Connect, at least on the offensive side of the ball. But here's why he's not in a better tier and why he's 2B for me instead of 2A. One is the jump up in competition. Northern Colorado ranked 222nd in Ken Palm. And they were in the Big Sky. I was actually surprised to see how well the Big Sky ranked among conferences last year. They were 17th in the country. So it's it's better than you'd expect and better than some other conferences. But that still is a clear jump up in competition. Um, in the games he played against Houston and Baylor, which were probably the two best schools they played, he scored a total of 19 points. Now, albeit he did have 24 against Colorado, but that was a non-NCAA tournament team. So uh, you do have to worry about the competition. But beyond that, here's the big one. And, and I was originally coming into this figuring Connect would be 2A just because of the scoring and how impactful that would be. Um, he is not super fleet of foot. So like I said, you worry about if you play him at the three, is he going to be getting torched defensively by other three men? If you play him at the four, is he going to be too small and undersized? He only ranked in the 22nd percentile on defense, according to Synergy, and that was at a lower, much lower athletic conference. Like when you think of the big sky, there's some good, like you think back, I don't know, like the Groves brothers, for instance, there's a lot of skill. There's a lot of touch. There's not like the athleticism. That's the biggest part of the jump to go from the big sky to say the big 12 or one of these power conferences. And so for him to rank 22nd percentile on defense in the big sky, good luck moving up to the big 12. So that's why he is only two B for me. This would be all about the offense. And I've said this before. I, I've said it with, in regards to like Nicholas Timberlake, who wasn't a good defender either, that if you're Kansas, like, you figure you have the defensive insulation. You figure you have Bill Self. You need the offense. You need the scoring. You need the shooting that it's a take. And and you absolutely do take Dalton Connect. Um, and, and I think that's that's very clear because you need those things. And you figure out the rest later. But that's why he's 2B and not 2A or, or Tier 1. Even though, uh, you know, how I classified Tier 2s are guys that you absolutely take as part of this. Now, maybe you take one over the other, and that's part of diagnosing the different tiers and, and you know, who you would take out of that tier. But it is somebody that hypothetically, if all the other guys in the tier were away and he was your last option, you gladly take. Um, okay, Matthew Cleveland from Florida State. Again, this is a guy I thought was going to be in a, in you know, tier 2A possibly um, from Florida State, but I did some more deep dive on it. He is six foot seven. He can play the three or the four for you. A um, little skinnier uh, for being a four maybe, but he can play either one. He had real power level production for two seasons. He averaged over 11 points per game both seasons at Florida State. And last season, he put up almost 14 points, seven and a half rebounds per game. The numbers are awesome at a power level. Shot fairly well from three, 35%. Those all sound like great things. Of why. Well, here's why. Florida State was not good each of his two seasons. There's always the worry when you bring on a player, and I'm not saying this is necessarily the case for Cleveland, but it is a risk you have to take. Was he putting up good numbers because he's a really good player, or was he putting up good numbers on a bad team because somebody had to put up numbers, where he's still a good player, but maybe not as good as the numbers would show? Florida State, I don't know if people know this, because we, we're, we're used to Florida State being this really good team up until the last two years. They weren't just bad last year. They were really bad. They ranked, this is for a power conference team, they ranked 205th in the country last season did Florida State 
and he struggled on defense. He ranked in just the 30th percentile in man-to-man defense on Synergy, 36th percentile overall on defense. I'm also not sure he's a true 35% three-point shooter. It was only two tries per game. That's low volume. He shot in the high 60s at the foul line, which usually free throws can be an indicator of how good or bad you can be in terms of touch for your three-point shooting. And he only ranked in the 51st percentile in spot-up shooting one year after ranking in the 8th percentile. Now, maybe you could say, well, that just shows improvement. He went from the 8th percentile to 51st. I feel like if you get him, there is a it's it's not the guy where it's like, hey, maybe there's linear improvement. To me, there's a chance he comes in and he only shoots 30% or something from three, plus the defense is worry, plus the the worry about him being on a bad team. That's why he's 2B instead of 2A. Again, guy you gladly take. He would help in a lot of ways for KU, but we're picking nits here about why, you know, not higher up uh, on the list. The last one I have on tier 2B is Caleb Boone. And I'll be honest, I don't know if he would be a four or five man for, for KU. Um, so I'm actually probably going to have him in the center list when we have that come out at some point later this week or next week, whenever that we get around to it. Um, but why he'd fit, he can at least space to the mid-range. Uh, not really a big three-point shooter, but he can at least hit in the mid-range. He can score on the block. We saw that against KU uh, when he played really well. He can maybe give you some four minutes, maybe some five. I don't know. Maybe he could play the three. I, I don't know. Uh, but he's six foot nine. He's done it in the Big 12, so you don't have to worry about the translation. 10.6 points per game, almost five rebounds per game last season. Shot 59% from the floor for Oklahoma State. And uh, he'll also be a fifth-year guy. Uh, so experienced guy. Played well in defense. 75th percentile last season in man. Now, he was playing a lot of five-man for Oklahoma State at the end of the season. Originally a four, and then they kind of moved him to five. Um, so if you're guarding up as a three or four, does some of the man get worse because you're having to wor- worry about foot speed? I don't know, but why he's not in a better tier. Um, there is that part of me that wonders if he has to play the five because of the lack of three point shooting, he has gone two for nine, his whole career. So he's only attempted nine threes in four seasons. Eight of them came last year. He was two for eight. And also of those defensive possessions, a lot are in post-ups for why he ranked in the 75th percentile. Uh, He did struggle defending off of screens. He was above average 61st percentile in isolation defense, but a lot of that was against other big men. So if you're playing him more on the wing, do those become issues? But mostly for me, it is about the lack of three-point shooting for why he is. All right, we'll get to uh, Tier 2A and then Tier 1 to finish things up after we take a uh, quick break with Locked on Jayhawks. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On to Tier 2A, and then we'll finish up with Tier 1 with Locked On Jayhawks. Uh, By the way, coming up on tomorrow's show, so I want to do an Arterio Morris deep dive because there's a lot there, uh, both in terms of the on-the-court stuff and the off-the-court stuff that I want to get into uh, on tomorrow's show. Then we'll get to a Hunter Dickinson deep dive on Thursday when he's supposed to, at least as of now, have his visit. Okay, Tier 2A, Jalen Tyson from Texas Tech, Hakeem Hart from Maryland, and Harrison Ingram from Stanford. As you notice, there's a little asterisk on Jalen Tyson. Get to why in a second. Um, so if you guarantee me that Jalen Tyson will be eligible, He's tier 2A. The reason there's the asterisk is because there's not a guarantee he will be eligible. Jalen Tyson started his career at Texas, transferred to Texas Tech, and is now leaving Texas Tech. He's not a graduate. 
The NCAA has said they're going to crack down on two-time transfers. They also have, as part of the stipulations, that guys can get a waiver for like mental or physical, um, I don't know, reasoning of, of if there was like abuse or, or something like that, or if he has you know mental health issues, then he needs to maybe like be closer to home or something like that. Um, and there is also, you know, some stuff about there if they were like mistreated by the coach. Now, I, if you remember, Mark Adams ended up getting fired from Texas Tech because there was a racial, um, comment made, um, from Mark Adams. We don't know which player that was about necessarily. If it was about, and this is just me speculating, if it was about Jalen Tyson, you would think he would be able to get an immediate waiver, right? Even if it's not about Jalen Tyson, I would still kind of think he'd be able to get an immediate waiver, though, because you're talking about a, like, I don't know. That, that's a sticky situation for the NCAA if they're like, well, I know you're saying that your coach made a racist comment, but we don't think that's reason enough to transfer. Like, that's probably not a position you want to be in if you're the NCAA. So if you're asking me, I feel like he would be immediately eligible. If he's not, I don't even know if he's on this list because I don't know if KU can afford taking on a guy who would have to sit out a year when they're already down the scholarship unless here's the extra kicker. What if KU was like, hey, just come in as a walk-on. We'll pay you enough NIL money. It'll pay for it, and then next year we'll get you your scholarship or something like that. That could possibly work, and then maybe he'd be like Tier 3. But I expect him to be eligible because of some of those things, and if that's the case, Tier 2A. Here's why he'd fit. He's got good size on the wing, six foot six or six foot seven. He can play the two for you. He can play the three. Maybe you could get away with some minutes of him at the four because he is a good rebounder, though I think you know he is pretty slight of frame. You'd be better off having him at the two or three. But he averaged almost 11 points per game in the Big 12 at Texas Tech. Like I said, good rebounder, six rebounds per game. And best of all, he shot over 40% from three on three and a half attempts per game while being good on spot-ups and excellent off-screens on synergy and here's the kicker he was 80th percentile in defense on synergy so good defensive wing who shoots threes basically a three and d wing who will still crash the glass and be active on rebounds honestly you could convince me he should be tier one for what this kansas team needs specifically with the shooting oh and he'd still be fine on the defensive end maybe he should be tier one but again there's still a little bit of that hold up with the eligibility thing um and why he's not in a better tier that is really the biggest reason why um, he's also not really someone who, you know, is going to like maybe create his own shot a ton off the dribble. Um, but I don't know that many of these wings on this list are going to be that guy consistently. Like maybe he can attack on a straight line drive or, you know, hit a three off a jab step or, or if somebody goes under a screen or something, but I'm saying like, you know, are they going to be able to do what Jalen Wilson does? No, but that's why Jalen Wilson is a first team all American. You're not finding that in the, the transfer portal right now. Um, so this would be absolutely a take for KU Hakeem Hart, uh, on this list. Why he would fit. He would be a fifth-year player, experienced guy. He's played every year at a Power 5 level, playing at Maryland on a solid team. Like, Maryland's just been solid. Whether they've been 11.5 points per game, over four rebounds per game, two and a half assists per game, over a steal per game, just does a little bit of everything. Over 48% shooting from the floor. He's been a really good free-throw shooter, over 80% on free-throws the last two seasons. He's also... Uh, good physical build six foot seven maybe six foot eight i think he came into college at six foot six and he grew you'll see some places have him listed at six seven others at six eight either way good size good physicality um he can play on the wing at the three or he can play at the four and he ranked in the 84th percentile in defense uh per synergy so really good defender he also was in the 86th percentile 
in man-to-man defense, so good in man defense, and also did well defending cuts, handoffs, and was um, offensively in the 95th percentile in transition play, which KU loves to get out and go. So, I mean, all those things, perfect fit for KU. Now, why he's not tier one, the shooting is fine, but it's not elite. He shot 33% from three for three straight seasons, consistency there. But the volume is higher than some of the others on this list. Like we talked about in Comwet, basically 2.3 per game. Hill at like one per game. He was at about three and a half per game. So the, the, the volume is a little bit more there. Also, the free throw shooting being over 80% the last two years shows he has good touch. Maybe there is more potential there for him to get up to 34, 35, 36%. And he was 70th percentile in spot-up shooting. Um, But that being only, you know... Uh, in terms of the three-point shooting overall, like just average coming in, that would be the knock here for a team that does need more shooting. But again, there is reason to expect it to be better. And he does a lot of other things well. Now, if you're playing him at the four, do you worry at all? Him only averaging four rebounds per game? Maybe, maybe that should go in here as well. Um, But I think he would be a great fit for KU. Now, if you take the last guy on this list, Harrison Ingram, who we already did a deep dive on, so I don't need to go like super into that. Check that episode out if you missed it. I don't think Hart and Ingram work together on the same team, but let's say you did miss on Ingram, Hart would be somebody you'd go with. Whereas with Jalen Tyson, you could bring him on with either of these guys because of his shooting ability, and it would work um, just fine. But yeah, Ingram, smart player, good passer, good size, can play three or four, good rebounder, high potential to improve, uh, but not in tier one because of the speed and quickness and the uh, shooting a little bit inconsistently. Again, check out the Harrison Ingram deep dive if you missed that one from uh, yesterday's podcast. All right, finishing tier one, we have one guy, uh, Mackenzie Mbako. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. He is a top 10 recruit, I think number seven in the 24-7 composite. Uh, he was Duke's highest rated recruit coming in on, on what was the number one class. Um, he is a five star. He's like six foot eight, 210 pounds. I would imagine you can play him at the three, but mostly at the four. And you're talking about a guy who has, you know, possibly lottery pick potential. Um, that's not really the case of a lot of these other guys. Now, what's interesting here is those guys I mentioned in tier two A and maybe even tier two B, heck, maybe even some of the guys in tier three have a much higher floor than what you could get out of a freshman coming in where. Who knows? Maybe he's not ready, right? So the floor is higher on those other guys, but the ceiling is what's different because the ceiling of all those other guys we mentioned is like maybe they could work into being a second-round pick. The ceiling on Mbako, and I get it, KU is not just basing it off of NBA status, but just to show you the potential of what they could be is a lottery pick, right? So like you're just looking at that, and he fits some things well. He could play the three or the four. 41.5% from three at the high school level, so he's a, a kind of a stretch four. One thing, though, that's interesting is his 2022 Nike EYBL numbers were not good shooting threes. He only shot 26% from three, but he did take seven attempts per game. I would just, uh, you're, you're, uh, it is AAU ball, so I, I guess there, there is that possibility. But normally the guys that take seven threes per game, it's because they shoot them really well. Like maybe he just had like an, an inconsistent, well, however long that event is, I don't know, a couple weeks. Um, Maybe just had inconsistencies because clearly they kept drawing him up plays to shoot threes because he probably is a good shooter. And when you look at the scouting reports, it talks about him being a really good shooter with a really good feathery touch. So uh, maybe that shows inconsistencies and worries as a freshman. His high school numbers are good, but also that's against lesser competition. I'm going to trust the scouting report. Uh, I guess you don't know how good totally of a shoot, but that is what the scouting report expects him to be. And he's clearly a very high level prospect. So that is why he is in tier one. I don't know how in KU is. I'm sure they very much have interest, but 
Um, seems like there's some rumblings about him maybe going elsewhere. But uh, yeah, if you could get in, that'd be uh, certainly great for KU. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Locked on Talks. We'll be back to uh, doing Arteria Morris and Hunter Dickinson deep dives on coming episodes of the show. You can uh, hear me as well, 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk, and we're going to have RCST trivia starting up shortly. You can uh, also find us wherever you find any of your podcasts here with Locked on Jayhawks, as well as on YouTube. Have a good rest of the day. We'll see you next time. Hello, Jay. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.